When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to the Jet Press Podcast. My name is Justin Freed, as always. That is Mike Luciano. And um, I don't know how we're going to talk for an hour about this team. I really don't. Because I don't know about you, Mike. I don't think there's much that we can say. I don't think there's anything that we can say that would change anything because I don't think anything is going to change. And the fact that nothing's going to change, despite the fact that this is probably the worst and least enjoyable Jets team that I've ever watched in my entire life, and that's saying a lot. Um, it's not good. It's not good. Uh, hello. Hello to Brian and chat. He says, hello, friendly faces. We got Alan in chat saying just wow. Uh, Henry with the sad face. You guys are saying the best. Yeah. <laughs> what do we, if, what any, do we if any fans in here are Nets fans, do you remember before they got Kyrie and KD, which also is looking very much like what this season's looking like. Do you remember where the, the, the superstars never got off the ground? Do you remember before then when they had the worst team in the league and the Celtics had all their top picks? So the Celtics would get the number one pick, even no though they were great because of the Nets. There was no incentive to be good because you couldn't be good. And there was no incentive to be bad because you weren't getting the picks. And that's where the Jets find themselves. They may still have a first round pick, but there's no incentive to be good because they can't be good. And there's no incentive to be bad because they're not going to change anything. And I am still very much in the don't fire Robert Sala camp, but man, this is the week. If you're a fire Robert Sala guy, this is the week to really get on your soapbox because I am a big supporter of him. He hasn't had an NFL quarterback for one game in three years, but man, that he's starting to run out of road here. So on Apple podcasts and Google podcasts, Spotify, overcast, wherever and be, get your podcast. That's where you can find us and YouTube and TikTok at the Jet Press for both. Make sure you subscribe, make sure you like this stream, and make sure you give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Again, not for our ego. It's just for business stuff to get us up those review charts, so that'll help immensely if you go and do that. And th- this is, like, like what do you even, We keep, how do you analyze this? Like, oh. I, I thought this was going to be, we were going to get flooded with Zach Wilson people like, oh, it looks like uh, Tim Boyle wasn't better than Zach Wilson. It's like we didn't expect that. Like we at least applauded the change. It came a month too late, but they at least tried something. And it was very much kind of what we thought a Tim Boyle start might look like in prime time against the hot team in the Dolphins. It was a lot of the bad parts of Zach Wilson. It was making ill-advised throws, hanging in the pocket when he shouldn't and leaving the pocket when he shouldn't turning the ball over, being unable to cross midfield until the fourth quarter and having two first downs, I think, until the fourth quarter, which are numbers that don't even make sense in the modern NFL. Like, it drives you nuts how it can even – how this can happen, like how we could get to this point. But getting mad at Tim Boyle or standing for Zach Wilson, like that's just wasting your time. Even if you're a Zach Wilson fan, like this is a waste of your time. Like it's not going to help anything. It's all we can really do. 
all we can really do is we're not going to complain about Sal and Hackett because Aaron Rodgers is basically the GM, so they're not going anywhere. The only pound of flesh I could see possibly happening, outside of minuscule personnel things and position coach stuff that might not matter in the grand scheme of things, I think maybe this is it for Joe Douglas. And I've been a guy who a lot of people always say you can't fire the GM and the coach separately because they're kind of intertwined together. I've never really subscribed to that. There have been a lot of examples of guys who have good coaches who just never get the right roster, and then eventually a new GM comes in, gives them better players, and then here they go. Obviously, a lot of coaches that have lasted very long in the NFL have outlasted multiple front office people. Like That's all well and good, but Joe Douglas, this team is totally foobar. If you don't know what that means, it is effed up beyond all repair or beyond all yeah. recognition, whichever the two you may like. That's what this team is. And this is Douglas. It all stems from the backup quarterback thing. We can get mad at wide receivers and the Lazard contract and certain things like that, but he never got them a quarterback. And this is now three years in a row, but they've really never had an NFL quarterback. And now everything's just pressing. Because the defense, I thought, first half, couldn't ask for much more of them. You turn two of Tagovailoa over twice, one of, and then you get another one in the second half. So three turnovers of Tua Tagovailoa. And although they were put in bad positions, thought they handled themselves okay against this Death Star mega offense. And then a play that, all right, I'm not going to say it's right now butt fumble bad or fake spike bad. I think it's firmly number three, the Hell Mary as – Justin's dad and many others have called it. That was just the tipping point. And then from there, everything cascaded. Blown assignments, penalties, C.J. Mosley committing a penalty. Like, he's the veteran leader of this team. Just nothing went right. And it, early on, I would I would call it pressing. Because early on, they were pressing in the Bills game and all that because they knew how bad the offense was. Now everybody's just running around like their hair is on fire. And if you want to call that an indictment of coaching, sure. But also – partially half jokingly half seriously the fact he kept it together this long and one of his defensive players hasn't murdered Nathaniel Hackett I think is an amazing job of coaching like the, the fact that they were even alive at this point this is just uh this is a mess it, it's it's all bad I, I want to talk about the Douglas stuff in a sec first we'll just get to some comments Stephen here watching from the UK shout out to you because it is what 11 almost 11 30 i think where you are right now so shout out to you for one watching that i don't know why you put yourself through that but two <laughs> hanging with us here because I, go to bed man <laughs> like you don't need more jets content done, right? look we love that you that they're supporting the show and you watch the jets think of the yeah. things that you we all could have done in the past three hours that would have helped somebody else or ourselves better than watching this yeah i don't even want to call it a train wreck like um, what's beyond a train wreck is like a plane. Cra- I guess a plane crash would be more fitting. Ha huh, jets funny. But I mean, seriously, that was good. Like, what else do you call this thing? Like, I'm, let, I'm, let's, I'm keep, let's keep turning the, uh, let's keep turning the bullhorn over to the, the really frustrated fans over here. Uh, yeah, John Lynn yeah. exhausted. Only way for change is not paying for tickets and merch. I mean, maybe, but again, Aaron Rodgers is the GM. It won't there. change anything. Brian Sternbeck, I'm a fire Joe Douglas guy, converted about two hours ago. I mean, the year five now, he's 24 and 53 as a GM. 24 and 53, and he's never been able to pick a quarterback. Uh, Robert Sala Sala said that there is no consideration of changing uh, play callers. How? How, 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 how? Okay, like, (laughs) Sala, 
generally, I like the guy. I really do. He's an amazing defensive mind. The guys clearly love him. How is there no consideration even? You know how. Like, you know how. I know I know how. You know how. But like, you know why. You can't even consider <laughs> we all know why. My post-game take for this game, the, the article that I wrote post-game, was the New York Jets are broken and nothing is changing because that's the reality. I'm pretty sure I said that last week on the show too, that I'm like, I want to have some sort of optimism. But nothing can change because they don't have the players and they don't have the coaches. And they're not going to be able to change the players midseason. And they've already said they're not They're not changing the coaches. So what's different? Nothing can be different. And someone, someone in chat being like, apologize to Zach Wilson. Where is it? So, apologize to Zach Wilson. No. Oh, come Zach on. Wilson, no. But you know who else sucks? Tim Boyle. Neither of them are backup caliber, NFL caliber quarterbacks. They should not be on an NFL roster. Neither of them. After Zach Wilson's rookie contract is up with the Jets, he won't be. Just watch. He will not be on an NFL roster. He's worse than Sam Darnold. He's worse than Geno Smith. All the other failed Jets quarterbacks. But Tim Boyle sucks too. Tim Boyle has no proven track record of being able to be on an NFL team. Trevor Simeon at least maybe could be an NFL caliber backup, but he doesn't fix anything because guess what? Everything sucks. Everything is broken. The Jets have used 14 different offensive linemen this season, 12 different starters. Carter Warren is not an NFL caliber offensive lineman right now. Xavier Newman is. I don't think Max Mitchell is anymore either. He sucks, bro. Like, like and it's everyone. When you have all those guys sucking, everyone else is bad next to them. Joe Tittman has been really bad the last few weeks. Lakin Tomlinson's been rough. Everyone is bad. All the bad energy feeds off of each other. They started two undrafted rookies at wide receiver this week, and it wasn't because of injury. Everyone's healthy. It was a decision that they made because they thought those were the better options. And to be fair, they might not be wrong. (laughs) And that's how bad it is. Everything is broken. Zach Wilson's bad. No one on this show ever claimed that Zach Wilson was the only problem, nor did I expect Tim Boyle to fix anything. It just came to a point where, well, you have to try something different. And they're clearly not going to fire Nathaniel Hackett. Believe me, if they if firing Nathaniel Hackett or demoting him from play caller duties was on the table, if that was a possibility, that would be the only thing we're talking about. But, I, I mean, I don't know why, why, why even talk about it because it's not going to happen. Everyone in this chat, every single person watching this right now knows that Nathaniel Hackett is a bad offensive coordinator and a bad play caller. But it's not going to matter because the Jets aren't changing that. They're not going to change it. And so we're going to sit here for the next six games and watch the exact same game we just watched now. And look, let's let's talk about the Douglas and Robert Sala stuff because I've been a staunch supporter of Robert Sala and Joe Douglas, specifically Sala. I don't think this is Robert Sala's fault. Uh, you can get on him for maybe the, the, the players losing their cool in certain situations. I don't think this is his fault. Firing Hackett is not a decision he can make. The dude's making the decisions he can make. He benched Alan Lazard today. He's made a lot of personnel decisions. Sure, you could argue they might have come sooner, but he he made them. He, he eventually made them. It's not his fault that there is not a single NFL-caliber quarterback on this roster. It's not his fault that the offensive line is, is down to third and fourth stringers everywhere and that the wide receiver room sticks. That's not his fault. Joe Douglas, yeah, you could absolutely blame him. And while I still think... There is a world where he could be a very good general manager. I'm at the point now because I, I realize how this season's going for the next six games. If they clean house at the end of the year, I'm not going to shed a tear. Like, I'm still not going to come up here and say, I think the Jets should fire Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. But I'm not I'm not losing any sleep if they do. I'm really not. And if they if they, they just might say, promote Hackett knows? if they do that, knowing Rogers. Well, no, not midseason. Please. No, no. Nathaniel Hackett, Mike, I can't, I can't do Nathaniel Hackett as Jets head coach. I can't do that. 
that would be I'm, it. I'm not kidding. That legitimately is a fear I had that they would fire Salah and Rodgers would say make hack at the head. Coach. I don't think I'm they, not if even they fire Salah. If they fire Salah, I don't even know what that means for Rodgers. I don't know what it means for anything. Like I don't, I don't know what the future of the Jets organization is, but I can tell you that the next six weeks are going to be the exact same thing that we've watched the last, I don't know, ten weeks, pretty much the entire season. It's the same. They do not have an NFL caliber offense. This is what happened. It's a perfect storm of ineptitude, Mike. It's a perfect storm. You have a quarterback who you brought in to, to hopefully mask all the issues on your offense goes down four plays into the season. You do not have a capable backup option behind him. And then every other flaw on your roster is exposed because of that. Your, your wide receiver room is bad. Plus, they had they were unlucky with Corey Davis retiring, and then they couldn't find a, a, a role for Miko Hardman. So now they're throwing undrafted guys out there. Their offensive line, which already had question marks going into the season, is decimated by injuries. And their offensive coaching staff that was expected to be carried by a quarterback who would basically be coaching himself is now coaching guys who should not be playing quarterback at the NFL level. And so no one should be surprised that this is the result that we get from the Jets' offense. This is what it is. And again, the unfortunate part about all of this is nothing's changing because they're they're running out of players to bench, Mike. Who do you blame now? Like, what are they going to do? Like, oh, Ben Smacks Mitchell. Cool. We're going to play Dennis fucking Kelly at right tackle. Austin Deculus. Deculus. I don't know. How do you pronounce his name? The guy that claimed off from the, the waivers from the Texans? I don't Austin know. from LSU is how I'm calling him. Yeah. Does it matter? Like, who? There's no more benching. Like, it's this is your roster. This is the team they signed up for. Obviously, the injuries are unfortunate. They had they had time to make changes at the deadline. They didn't. This is the team they signed up for. This is the coaching staff they signed up for. And it's the one that they have for the next six games because they can't change anything. So I don't know how I don't know how we're to talk about this team for another six games, six like, more weeks of this bullshit. Because this, this nothing's changing. <laughs> I see people in chat too. The owner doesn't care. Where, I mean, Woody tried this year, man. He went and got Aaron Rodgers. Woody tried. He did. And then didn't work. But people and then I see Ken like, Dolsky in chat. What was that? I was just like, do I think Woody Johnson's an amazing owner? No, but I don't think he's like, what is he? How is this his fault? Like, what is he doing right now? People, people want shit to blame. Like, it's everything. Everything sucks. Nothing is good. <laughs> like I see Ken Dolsky get rid of Rodgers and all ex-Green Bay players. Do you think Aaron Rodgers will cost the Jets $66 million if he's not on the roster yeah, next year? you can't get rid of Rodgers, man. You literally you can't. can't. You, you no matter how hard you try, you can't. I see people saying cut Lazard. You can't. You gave him the most guaranteed money of any wide receiver this offseason. You can't just do it. You would literally lose money by doing that. They're stuck. Stephen Farrell, too, even but back again, even Rodgers must be looking at this and realize it's garbage, surely. Like, I'm sure he knows I, it's garbage, but he probably is so high on himself where he's like, oh, yes. I can fix it. 100%. And he would probably fix some of it, but not all of it. What, that is exactly what I think his mindset is right now. I don't think he looks at this as, man, everything sucks, including the quarterback. I think he, I think he looks at this as, man, if I was out there right now, we'd be good. Which is not they true. They probably would be. They'd probably be in the playoffs no, right now. I don't. I disagree. I. I at this point, I disagree. I would behind this two extra wins, line, so that'd be six. Behind this offensive line and with this receiving court. Well, okay. I'm saying Aaron Rodgers coming off the torn Achilles. I'm not. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers before the season never gets hurt. That's not what I'm saying. Oh. I'm oh, saying if okay, Rodgers okay. comes back now, I don't think he changes anything. Like I. I, I don't think he, obviously if Rodgers was healthy the entire season. I don't think it gets to this point. Everything is snowballed now. But I, I think if he just comes back now nothing's changing really. I mean, it'll be better. Obviously it'll be better, but it, it won't be good enough to win the games. It just, it drives you. Here's one thing that here are two things that drive me crazy. 
Because, like, we can scream and yell about how bad the Jets are. And look, like, what do you want us to say? Alan Lazard is bad. Okay. Everybody's saying that. Dalvin Cook is bad. The offensive line's bad. Heck, like, we know these things are bad. Here are the two takes that are really irking me. One is not really Jets Twitter. It's mostly NFL Twitter where there's this smugness of, like, who thought this was ever going to work, traded for Aaron Rodgers? Fucking everybody did. Yeah. And his leg exploded. He didn't miss right. a start in seven years. And his leg explodes. Like, you can't – nobody. it's been said a million times, nobody could predict that. Maybe he gets hurt for a couple games, but fine. That immediately, like, that's just bad luck. And number two, all right, here's the other thing. Because, again, I'm not a fire solid guy because I want to see him actually play a game with a quarterback because I think he'd actually win games with a quarterback. Here's what I don't get. All right. If you think – what would Robert Sala – what is he not doing – that if he was doing, the Jets would be winning games. Please articulate that. What is he not doing? Good point. That 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 any other coach would be doing. What coach would be winning in this situation? Because I never hear that. I just hear fire everybody. There's no there's no way to make this roster work. Like I hear this all the time too. Fire him and hire like who's the hot guy this year? Ben Johnson. The quarterfinal lines. People don't know if Ben Johnson's going to be a good coach. People don't know the first thing about Ben Johnson. They just see that the Lions are high in the league in points per game. They should hire Frank Smith, the Dolphins OC. I don't even know what Frank Smith looks like because Mike McDaniel's basically the OC over there. They're just like sorting who scores the most points per game. But that's not how you run a coaching search. And you know what? The same people doing that were saying, look at how good Salah's defense is in San Francisco. Like it's just, it's a repeat of themselves. They're not. I get hiring the hot new coordinator, but you do genuinely have a great defense. I know they're falling apart in the last couple of days. Everybody's falling apart. Yeah. You can't blame them, man. The, 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 Jets defense, like, the Jets defense got three takeaways today, including a pick six, and the Jets lost by three touchdowns. They, they got a pick from Tua with two seconds left, and because of that Hail Mary pick six, they actually lost points as a result of that. So yep. if we want to game theory this shit, letting them get a field goal – and making it 13 to 6 would have been the better option. Yeah. Like how does that happen? How does Robert Sala how, how is that Robert Sala's fault? All right, the Boyle Wilson situation whatever. In the moment, how is Tim Boyle the the fact that the guy even caught the ball number 1 and ran it back number 2, how is that some indictment on him? Cuz they didn't it's practice not- tackling people on Hail Marys that get picked? Is that a thing you should spend practice time on? I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Jets are in a situation now, and, and and Leon kind of brings this up a little bit in chat. Said, "What if Aaron Rodgers retires?" Now, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to retire, but it is it is interesting to think. Not, I don't know about interesting, but the Jets are basically being held hostage by Aaron Rodgers in a lot of ways, but also like like their entire future also depends on him and what he's doing next year, and because of him, they can't make changes now that they probably should need to make. It just sucks. Like, it's just an unfortunate situa- situation. And again, we can sit up here and scream for changes to happen. The, the the changes that they can make, they're trying to make, but it doesn't matter because they're just not good enough. And and this is stuff that, like, we could have seen coming for a while. And I think a lot of us did. I don't think anyone thought it'd be this bad. But the issues that the Jets had all offseason that we were screaming about, backup quarterback, not a good not a good enough wide receiver room. Uh, offensive line has question marks. Obviously, now that they've, they've been decimated by injuries, it's even worse than that. But these were all issues that we foresaw going into the season, not just us, obviously, plenty of people. And unfortunately, now they're just being amplified because Aaron Rodgers is out. Wait, wait a minute, Justin. 
William Byrne in chat. Are you guys giving Douglas a pass for doing nothing? The deadline. No, we have we a whole started. goddamn episode yeah. about how we didn't give him a pass at the deadline, and we yeah. were livid. Two minutes ago, I just said this is the roster they signed up for because they didn't do anything at the deadline. That's an indictment on Joe Douglas. Like, oh, I was ready to rip my hair out when they didn't get anybody. Yeah, they could have. They could have had Ezra Cleveland for a sixth round pick. They didn't think he was a good scheme fit, so they're like, let's start Xavier Newman and Chris Glazer at right guard instead because they're better scheme fits. We've seen how well the scheme fit thing matters for the Jets. Of course, look how look how good Tim Boyle did today because he knows the system. He knows the scheme. Yeah. Like again, O'Neal building your O line first. They're literally on their thirteenth lineman. They had actually pretty good depth. The depth all got hurt. All yep. of the depth got hurt. This, I believe, no one got hurt in this game. I know offensive lineman got injured. Not that we know of, at least. It probably some guy's spleen ruptured. I don't know. You know if, this, if no offensive lineman was injured in this game, this is the first game that the Jets have played since week four that they did not lose a starting offensive lineman to injury. I don't know how any NFL team survives that. I, I, I don't. And I, that's not even making excuses because, again, everything else sucks too. But it's just when you compound everything and you combine everything together – this is the result you get. I don't even think, like, again, as much as I would say, yeah, fire Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think it would get much better because I don't think Todd Downing is a very very effective play caller. He had the 30th-ranked offense in Tennessee last year. After Arthur Smith left, that Titans offense just, like, went off the rails in the last two years with Todd Downing, and there's a reason for that. This and marginally, they're better this year. With yeah, and they're, and, exactly. And then their offensive line coach is Keith Carter, who was run out of town in Tennessee because half his team hated him. They, they hired a terrible offensive coaching staff. They have a bad offensive roster that's been decimated by injuries, and they don't have an NFL caliber quarterback. And, and that's where I see, like, I want to ascribe some of this to just bad luck because no matter what you think of the Jets, irrefutably, the, the luck has just not been in their favor this year. Like, not. the Rodgers, his, the actual injury in the moment, 10,000% bad luck. Yep. Like, nobody, but I also don't want to lean on that too hard because I bet you that's probably what. Maybe Woody Johnson and Joe Douglas and Hackett are probably going to say about the season. Well, bad luck. Rogers got hurt. Everybody else got hurt. And there, there's truth in that. Yep, it's that, that ruined everything. But I also don't want that to be used as a scapegoat, or sorry, as a scapegoat, as a distraction mm. to to have all these other coaches escape escape blame. I feel like that's what they're going to do, and it's going to drive me nuts. Like, I, like another thing, Vito and Chat comes with another one. It's Salah's fault for not hitting free agency when they lost Rodgers. How is that Salah? That's Joe Douglas. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. You don't know. That's, jo- that is, that's literally. If Joe Douglas can't do that, he shouldn't be a GM because that's what you're supposed to do. And yeah, you said you said you can't say Carson Wentz could do better. No, we did say he could do better. We we both agreed that Carson Wentz could do better. That's not Robert Salah's decision. Robert Salah is not the one saying let's sign Carson Wentz. That's on that's on Joe Douglas. That's on the offensive coaching staff. If anything, too, that's evaluating if they think Wentz would be a fit in this offense which I don't give a fuck anymore who's a fit in this offense. And Leon, uh, is there another OC Rodgers can endorse? It sucks that everybody gets the Niners pipeline and succeeds except the Jets. Texans got They could have. They could have. They had Mike LaFleur. That's what I'm saying. They had Mike LaFleur. The Texans are the exact same situation as the Jets. They hired a tremendous defensive coordinator from the Niners, and he brought the passing game coordinator over to be the offensive coordinator. The difference is – the Jets got Zach Wilson. The Texans got CJ yes. Stroud. And you know why? Rich and I don't see how that's a. I don't see how that makes D'Amico Ryan's better. Because also, apparently, according to some rumors, they didn't even freaking want CJ Stroud. They wanted Bryce Young. So he, they just fell into his lap. Rich Samini dropped this interesting nugget this past week, and it flew under the radar. Which is, it's kind of something we knew for a while, but was not like outwardly said. He said that the reason that Michael Flores fired basically was because Zach Wilson didn't like him. 
That's why they fired Mike LaFleur because he did oh, not. Oh, no, not Zach. Wil- Zach Wilson's feelings. Yes. I've heard this team for de- yes. not Zach Wilson, the player. You know, Zach Wilson. Meanwhile, the and again, feelings. Oh, my goodness. This gosh. is cliche oh. that Mike LaFleur is a perfect offensive coordinator by any means. We have numerous gripes with him. However, it is very telling and very notable that every single quarterback that stepped into that system that was not named Zach Wilson played well and did good things. And it's not like Mike Wills or Mike White and and Josh Johnson are world beaters. Joe Flacco in 2022 was not a good quarterback. He still did better in the same offensive system, significantly better in the same offensive system than Zach Wilson did. But they fired Mike LaFleur. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett. And then they brought in Aaron Rodgers. And this this was what they signed up for. Obviously, they didn't sign up for Aaron Rodgers getting hurt. But, man, they had one. Like, they, they had one of those, those Shanahan disciples. And I'm not sure that Michael Floor is going to be great. I don't think he's, I don't know if he's going to be a great offensive coordinator. But I sure as hell know he's got a better shot at being even decent than, than Nathaniel Hackett. I, I know Tom he's Henry. not calling plays with the Rams right now. But do the Rams at least look like an offense. They do. And from what I what I've actually seen and heard about the Rams, like Mike LaFleur is very involved. It's not like a Hackett thing where it's mostly LaFleur's thing, like or it's mostly Matt LaFleur's thing. Mike LaFleur actually, from what I've seen, is very a little more hands-on than most Sean McVay OCs can be. He's doing okay. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers in the Mike LaFleur offense that had Mike White balling. Yeah. I mean, my goodness. And now here we are with Hackett. But again. And it doesn't matter, man, because nothing. And even if they fire him, what are they going to do? They're going to hire, like, what, Luke Getze? You're going to hire another guy Rodgers likes. Yep. They're stuck. Look, Packers fans were kind of right. Look, Packers fans were kind of right. It's fine to be held hostage by Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers is quarterback, yeah. And be winning games. When he's not, it's no fun. But when he was playing for the Packers, he was really good and they were winning games. So I'm sure they were fine generally with the situation. I'm sure they had nitpicks, I'm sure, about certain personnel things. But in totality, they were pretty well run for better part of a decade, even more than that, with Aaron Rodgers. Now when he's not playing, of course, it's all the negative stuff's going to pop up. So I don't even want to give him that necessarily. They they got Aaron Rodgers the GM and not Aaron Rodgers the quarterback. They only got Aaron Rodgers the GM. And more Aaron Rodgers, the GM, than they got in Green Bay. Because Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay would ask for weapons all the time, and they never got it to him. Yeah, that's true. It's it's like if you hired Bill Belichick, but you hired Bill Belichick, the GM, and not the head coach. I mean, even, even, back, uh, imagine LaFleur getting a head coach job in the offseason, hiring Solomon to be his DC. I can imagine if that yeah. happens, that Solomon's going to go to Green Bay and be Matt LaFleur's DC. Oh, yeah, it's his best man. Yeah, it's his best man. Why would he not? Yeah, and they probably crush it. Because he's a oh, good defensive mind. He was a great defensive mind. He's going to be coaching this league for a long time because he's a great defensive mind. Exactly. Whether well, the people I, try I, to I, make I, it I, seem I, like he's some doofus again, yeah. what is Jets fan? Brilliant Jets fans out there. What is he not doing? Tell me what he is not doing. He's not throwing the ball deep enough. They then they threw a pick six on a hail mary, or they can't do it because the line sucks. Like they, there's no path to success on with this offense. There's a path to success with this defense. And most of the time they executed three turnovers of Tua Tagovailoa, yeah. and two of them looked really bad because they yeah. make quarterbacks make really bad decisions. Like the one to Eccles, you just threw the ball right to him. Yep. And yet here we are. They and lost the points on a Tua pick. 
And you can still, I don't even want to say the word nitpick, but you can still poke flaws in this Jets defense. I still don't think their safeties are very good. They're overly aggressive, and that leads to a lot of unnecessary penalties that they shouldn't be taking. There are definitely flaws with this defense, 100%. They're still not great at stopping the run, despite the fact that their their, their linebackers are as great as because their defensive linemen just get so far up the field, they get caught out of position sometimes. Like, we could talk about that stuff, but does that really matter? Not really. Like, if if the Jets even had a – and I know we're saying this every single week, but if the Jets even had a halfway competent offense, it, it wouldn't matter. Like, they'd actually still be winning games. They'd be competitive in games. So, yeah, there's flaws with the defense. And, yeah, you could, you could get mad at Sala for maybe saying that the defense plays too aggressive and they take too many unnecessary penalties, but it's not Robert Sala's fault that Carter Warren's out there getting – getting false starts every other play that's and they not have Robert to be aggressive play. because if they don't get turnover multiple turnovers to get them in good positions they literally can't score any points yeah they have i believe 10 touchdowns this year on offense the defense is three deron yeah. bland for the cowboys one guy is five and, and all offense is 10 i'll address this as a comment here from steven people say this about Salah, and i think to some degree it's it's true one of Salah's biggest flaws is lack of discipline penalties kill us every week it depends on the penalty when when an offensive lineman gets a false start, that is not on Robert Sala. That has absolutely nothing to do with Robert Sala. When 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 Joe Titman is holding on on a play, that's not Robert negating a free play. That's not Robert Sala. None of those penalties are on Sala. The ones that you could say are on Sala are the unnecessary roughness, the face masks, the roughing the passers, anything when it comes to the defense just playing too hard. But also, that's partially what makes them so great. The defense wouldn't be as good as they are if they didn't play that way. I think that's just one of the drawbacks of the way that Robert Sala calls his defense and the, the game plan that he likes to employ and the, the, the defensive, just his defense, like his defensive system. That's one of the drawbacks of it. So I think some of it's true, but also like I hate people saying like, oh, there's a false start. Oh, Robert Sala, undisciplined team. No, you just have a guy playing left tackle who shouldn't be playing left tackle. You have a guy in right guard who shouldn't be in the NFL. You have a guy at right tackle who probably shouldn't be in the NFL. That's not on Robert Sala. Like, and those false pre-snap penalties, if anything, that's on Hackett. If anything, that's on that's on Keith Carter. Like, that's not on Robert Sala. The defensive ones where it's just them playing too hard, sure. But don't I, I don't want to hear it with the offensive stuff. I, that's not on Sala. Well, I can defend no, I'm not gonna defend the act of committing the penalties, but I'll at least give them some reprieve. For a couple of different things. Number one, that's his, literally his whole style is fast, crazy, aggressive. So, yes. like, you got to lean into that. And he's had success this year leaning into that. The reason the Jets aren't a winless team right now is because of the Jets' really aggressive defense. So, I'll give him that. And the and then number two, like, the other thing is they have to be aggressive. They have to be aggressive. Yep. Because if they don't get turnovers, they, they, don't, they don't win. They don't. And, again, the, here's the third thing. Actually, like people always say, oh, they're a lack of emotion. Everybody's going nuts. Like, I get that. You want to be a little more buttoned up in a perfect world. And Sala might be like, not everybody's kind of listening to him in some respect. Now, they, I'm sure they play hard for him. It seems like they still really they, Oh, absolutely do. The defense does, but at least. The thing you're asking, like, consider imagine if you're number one, a giant adrenaline, aggroed up football player who makes millions of dollars and this is their livelihood. And then it's getting stripped away from you because a lot of inane bullshit that mostly is not in your control. It's the offense. It's being put in positions to fail because of the poor roster around them. Like if CJ Mosley in general, like he had that really bad, like he got into a fight and there was the roughing, the, the roughing call of the game in the first Mike, down. Really like, quick, Michael Clemens has to go. I'm going to just throw that out there. But anyway, you got You keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He's fine. I'm, I'm ready. Him. I'm ready for him to be gone off this team. He offers no value and he gets in fights every week. I'm kind we'll of be, no, you need him for like backup. Like you could employ him as like a security guard. 
just don't yeah, like yeah, it's fine he could be a security guard he could be a bouncer or something he's we still said that scary <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I mean look i'm i'm saying this right now if he was in front of my face i would be i'd be scared for my life yes sir I, mr clemens <laughs> yes and i'm sure i mean i don't know if I, I maybe he's a nice guy i have no idea he's a funny guy i'll tell you that but he's been really bad this season like on the field he's offered nothing uh and all the fights and everything i think it's just a really bad look and but, I don't but get, getting back to the earlier right, go on yes the early point about the emotion is like so you're this crazy CJ Mosley. He's flying everywhere. He's emotional. He's a vocal leader and all that. So what you're saying is to watch this offense for like the fifth game in a row, do nothing while you're generally playing well. Maybe the Buffalo game, I think, was the only game where the defense collectively did not play well because they were on the field every freaking play in this game. You're asking him to look at all that and watch all of those playoff bonuses and everything, all that notoriety that comes to being in the playoffs slip away in front of you for stuff that is mostly not your fault and be like, well, okay, next play then. Like, no, no that's impossible. That's impossible to do. Yeah. Like, w- look, at, look at how frustrated we are as members of the media and writers and fans, and you guys are as fans. Look at how frustrated you are. Imagine if you're in that game. God, I'm surprised he hasn't ripped people's heads off. Like I, if I, if that was me on the field, I, I just, I couldn't comprehend how the fact Salah's keeping this team, the fact that a Geno Smith situation hasn't happened yet is, yeah. a, is a minor miracle. Or someone hasn't knocked out Zach Wilson or Tim Boyle or whoever. Yeah, exactly. And they <laughs> get to a few comments more, a few more comments in chat. Is the team utilizing Brees enough? Yeah. I mean, he had seven of their eight carries. He led the team in receptions. They're what trying. else are you going to do? Brees and, and Garrett Wilson both had seven catches today. Brees had seven of the eight carries that they gave to ball carriers, but to running backs. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, Ramon in chat said Zach Wilson narrative only took two quarters to die. No, it didn't. What Zach Wilson narrative? What do you, Ramon? Uh, okay, Ramon, 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 question Ramon. What narrative? Ser- serious question. I, want, I would love a response. If Zach Wilson is playing today, do the Jets win? I, I think what Ramon is saying is that the, the narrative that Zach Wilson was the only one at fault, which I don't know what show you've been watching because it couldn't be this one. Because we never claim that. No, no. I, I in fact, we didn't claim I would to say the only problem. of people have not claimed that. That's a narrative that a lot of people have just made up. That's not really been the majority take. The majority take has just been Zach Wilson is playing very bad. This offense is very bad. Maybe we just make a change at quarterback because that's really the only big change we can make. Because they're clearly not going to change play callers, even though they should. And then Tim Boyle, give him a shot, give Trevor. I mean, if it was up to us, Trevor Simeon would be starting. And they asked Robert Sala about that, if Simeon would start next week. And he said, I'm not there yet. So it seems like we're probably going to get another week of Tim Boyle at quarterback. Pick up the Falcons defense if you can in fantasy. I already did. I started the Dolphins defense this week. It was a great decision. There's nothing. I mean, there's nothing else. And Brian and Chad saying something I'll fault Salah for not giving Tony Adams any preseason snaps. Does not look like a starting caliber safety. Yeah. You could, I, 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 that was confusing at the time why they weren't giving him any preseason snaps. I mean, he started one game in his entire career, I believe, last season. He was an undrafted rookie last year. It didn't make a lot of sense. I don't think the Jets have two starting caliber safeties. Maybe Adrian Amos is, is, is all right. I, when he's been out there, I thought he's been all right. I think he's held his own. Uh, I Normally, if, the, if it mattered, I'd say start him over Tony Adams, but I'd rather just play the young guy at this point because – what do you got to lose? You're, you're, the season's already over anyway. But yeah, I don't think I don't know if Tony Adams and Jordan Whitehead should be your safety duo going into next year. Whitehead is a free agent, um, so I don't even know if he's going to be back next season. And if Tony Adams is your only safety, you're probably going to add someone else. But I don't want to send this. I don't want to spend a single draft pick on a defensive player. Uh, I'll just say that. Do not spend a single draft pick on a defensive player. 
But also, like, if, if you're still in the chat on YouTube and Facebook, wherever it is, like, throw it in because a lot of people are – I've seen a lot more coaches must go, fire solid, blah, blah, blah. Like, who is coming in and fixing this immediately? Who do you hire? Like, who Nathaniel you Hackett. You got to hire someone team. Rodgers likes. Yeah. Who do you hire Ben Johnson? Rodgers is older than Ben Johnson and doesn't know him. Yeah. Like, I, I as much as I think he's going to be a pretty good head coach, like, that's not a feasible option. Jim Harbaugh, get out of here. Not happening. Like be, give me a guy who is going to come in, even with Aaron Rodgers as beat up and old as he is, and with this roster completely in tatters around him, and do better than Robert Sala. I, I can think of a bunch of coordinators who would improve things slightly, and obviously, just the baseline competence you would get with Rodgers is going to help. But there's no magic bullet out there. There's no. There's not like five Mike Tomlins waiting to be had and it's just all oh, the jets never get the mike tomlin every coaching cycle like that doesn't happen iron coaches is hard most of them get fired in four or five years like robert sala i'll give him this because this is what we hate about gase offensive guy couldn't get the offense right that's why i'm so mad about hackett offensive guy can't get yep. the offense right sal's a defensive guy defense is still really good he held up his end of the bargain hackett who's basically the assistant head coach in charge of the offense i think that's the problem is they're almost they almost got two head coaches, yes, Salah and Hackett, yes. and with how much is, influence Hackett has on the offense. Yep, that is and it feels like we're not ever will fire Salah. Well, if Hackett is this is basically his thing, he's got to go first, I think, because of the offense and the defense. That's the problem. I think my two biggest issues with Robert Salah. It's not even the penalties. It's not even that stuff. I think it's two things, and it's it all just comes down to like mindset of the team. I think one. The whole mindset of him being the head coach of the defense and whoever is his offensive coordinator being the head coach of the offense, that can't be a thing. Robert Sala should be the head coach. He should make offensive personnel decisions. He should have some say in that stuff. It seems like he just delegates everything to his offensive coaching staff. And unfortunately, Which is good when you're winning, but you're not right. winning. <laughs> unfortunately, his offensive coaching staff stinks, and he knows that. I think he should know that at this point, that the offensive coaching staff is not very good at their jobs because of the results that we're seeing on the field. He should step in and make some changes there. Makes I mean, he did. He actually did. He benched. He benched Alan Lazard. The decision to bench Zach Wilson was very likely a Robert Sala decision as well. Who knows if, if there was any kind of outside pressure to not do that beforehand? But regardless, he is making some decisions in that. But he very much approaches the game as if he's running the defense, and then the, whoever his offensive coordinator is, an offensive coach staff, that's running the offense. That's issue number one. Issue number two, and I think it relates to that, is he's just way, way, way too conservative of a head coach when it comes to game planning for games. He he coaches every game not to lose because he wants to lean on his defense. He does not expect his offense, and it's not even like it's not even just this offense. This goes back to every year he's been their coach. He does not expect their offense to put up points. He never has. He never does. See, that's why I want to give him a chance. If he had Rodgers, I, I know he believes the offense could put up points. I he's know got these doofuses. Changes your whole mindset. Maybe it would be different, but I think the overall mindset of the organization is way too conservative and way too complacent. They do not know how to play offensive football or just to play football in the modern NFL. They play not to lose. They play scared. And I think that's a Robert Sala decision. I think that ultimately falls on Sala. Now, I don't think that that necessarily means you should fire the guy. He is a first-time head coach learning on the job. And like you said, Mike, he's had horrific offenses. So he's almost like it's almost just been trained into him to not trust his offense. But maybe if you gave Aaron Rodgers, it'd be different. I don't know. But I think that's something you could absolutely blame on him. Edward in chat says, you do realize there were injuries, don't you? Hey, Edward. Yes. Yes, we do. 
We do realize that. <laughs> in I fact, hope you're a first time listener because we could have retitled the last seven episodes. The Jets I, are injured and have bad luck. Look, maybe Edward missed the first 35 minutes of the show. But if you did, Edward, <laughs> yes, we do realize there are injuries. In fact, it's been discussed at length. In fact, we're talking about Aaron Rodgers right now. So obviously, we're aware that Aaron Rodgers is not playing quarterback for the New York Jets right now. So yes, there are a lot of injuries. It is they're historically injured in the offensive line. They lost their starting quarterback four plays in the season. That's awful. But everything else still sucks around them. Their receiving gore is not good. It's fully healthy, and still they're starting two undrafted players at wide receiver. That's not injuries. They're they don't have a single backup caliber quarterback on their roster right now. That's not injuries. They could have done that in the offseason. They don't have they don't have a good offensive coaching staff. I mean, that's that's they don't have an NFL caliber offensive coach staff. Saying they're not good is is an understatement. That's not injuries. So yeah, there there are injuries, Edward, but there are many other things wrong with this team and this offense. And blaming it all on injuries is just using it as an excuse. That's an excuse at that point. And then the man with the most Dutch name ever, Mike Van Engelhoven, Ooh, nice. says like that. that's a Dutch name. They're like tanking that. on purpose with Boyle starting. No, they're not. They're not they're tanking. Not- they're not I, I, tanking. They're playing hard. They, this team is still playing hard for Robert Sala. I really give them immeasurable credit because lesser men would not play hard for Robert Sala, but they are. Like the, the way I know they're not tanking is because they are incapable of actually winning. <laughs> or at least putting up offense, any kind of competent offense. They're, they're not. They're not capable of that at all. Because I know that because for weeks, Mike, Weeks on this show, we said, oh, they should change these things with personnel. We were we were laying on all these things they should do, different game plans they should run with Hackett, Ben Shuzama, play Ruckert more. Well, they did most of those things with the exception of changing anything the opposite play caller because they just are not going to do that. And it's not because they're tanking. We know why they're not doing that. But they did all the other things, and it hasn't changed anything because they don't have the players. They don't have the personnel. They just don't. They don't have the personnel. They don't have the coaching staff, and none of that's changing. So we're going to sit for six more games and watch this. And in six more games, any of you guys in this chat might come back and watch, and we're going to say the same shit. We're going to say the same thing over and over again. And then on Wednesday, we're going to be back previewing the Falcons game. And what are we going to say, Mike? What are we going to say? The same thing. I'm almost, Is it weird that I'm almost more mad at the benchings now? Because I'm not mad. I'm, I'm apathetic. I'm ap- I have no feeling. Here's my thought. Like, if they did – if they came in one week and did wholesale changes, we're changing our philosophy. We may even switch a play caller. You, 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 and you to the bench. You, 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 and you, you're in. Like if they did that, I'm like, all right, wow, they're not taking any crap. I like this. Yeah. Now it just feels like they're just randomly benching people. Like is they don't have – they don't know what is working and what isn't working, which is the most concerning part. Like they don't know why they're failing. Also, we, a lot of people know why they're failing. It doesn't seem like they do. So they're like, oh, maybe if we play Jason Brownlee over Alan Lazard, it'll jumpstart something. And no. You know what? Brownlee was better than Lazard. I'll say it. Brownlee was better than Lazard today. He didn't drop a pass to my knowledge. I don't that's not a, That's not a high bar to clear. Well, he was better. He was better. <laughs> but it didn't I, matter. I just, like, that's I just thought – oh, it, no, of course it doesn't matter. I just thought of something else that doesn't matter that also just made me mad because I thought of it. Mike, did you see Izzy Abanacana get a single offensive snap today? Because I didn't. Oh, I, no, I didn't. Where, where is he? Does <laughs> no. he exist? Nobody's going to care about that because it doesn't matter. But that also is something that happened. They literally he, cut he, Michael Carter and pissed off the locker room to get this guy, allegedly to get this guy more playing yeah. time. They, like, we, we are coach speak. I'm fine with coach speak. They just are straight up lying. These yeah. are straight up lies. Like they're, And this is where it starts. This is why I get why people are upset. Because then it makes you as a fan feel like you're being condescended to and talked to like you're stupid. 
Like, we're not stupid. We see what's going on. We get that you guys know more X's and O's football than us, and we get that you guys know actually what's going on in the locker room. Perfectly fine. But we, we know that this offense also is terrible, number one, and that there really is no ceiling. That's the pro- This might be the ceiling for this offense. There's a good chance this was as good as they could have played today. Think about that. You're not wrong, man. And you know what? What I think – I what, so one thing that I think could come back to bite the coaching staff and could become a real problem soon is that we've seen Robert Sala and this coaching staff hold a lot of people accountable. We have. I don't want to hear the stuff about a lack of accountability for the players because there's a lot of guys getting benched right now. Everyone from Alan Lazard to Zach Wilson, Michael Carter, C.J. Ozama. It's, it's, it's a lot. There's so many guys who've been held accountable. But the one person who hasn't been held accountable or the one group is the coaching staff. They haven't been held accountable. So if you if the players see all these players getting benched, and it's going to get to a point where maybe you're right, Mike. Maybe they're just throwing dark. They're just you know dark throwing at this point. Maybe Dalvin Cook gets benched next week. I mean, he doesn't deserve it. He da- he does not get deserve to get benched this week. Uh, if, if they if they bench him and play as Ivana Cannon's RB two, I'm not going to be upset. But I can see some of the players being like, well, why did Dalvin get benched? He hasn't even been a problem the last few weeks. I could totally see that happening, and then the fingers will get pointed at the coaching staff because why does everyone else get to be held accountable except Nathaniel Hackett? We know why. You and I know why, and I have a feeling a lot of the players in that locker room also know why. And, and that you know is what? a big problem. That's, that's gonna. That's what I'm also afraid of is they're poisoning the well for next year. I get that everybody was all in on Rodgers early on, and he hasn't been around the team because of his Achilles, and boo-hoo, that was the worst thing. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I thought I died and went to hell when that happened. I could not believe it. Just season from hell, I get it. Well, now Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been around the team most he's been to a couple games, but he's not really around the team anymore because he's rehabbing the injury. So a lot of these guys on this team, especially those who haven't been around Rodgers previously, the non-Packer guys, all they think of Rodgers is, man, where they got this old quarterback who's hurt, and now we can't fire these crappy coaches because of him. So immediately, some of them are probably going to start off on a bad foot next year. And I feel like next year, if they if he comes back and there's some struggles early, like Salah, I'll give a credit, he held it together. A little bit. I guess they were winning some games, but if they start out even four and three, three and four next year, like I feel like this things could get really explosive. Yeah. Because of how Rogers in effect, like we always say Zach Wilson ruined two years in a row. Zach Wilson ruined one and a half years in a row. And the rest of the blame, I think, has to go to Rogers slash Hackett slash however the power structure is divvied up here. And that's the unfortunate thing, because even though it won't be Robert Sala's fault it'll fall on Robert Sala because the players will look to Sala and be like, yo man, this is your team. Why are you not, why are you not making a change here? And we know why, because the organization is being held hostage by their injured quarterback, but the players will look to the coaching staff and say, Hey, if this coaching staff can't do their job and clearly something is wrong here. Like I think the players are looking at each other and they're like, man, we need to do better, but they also need to look and say, I'm sure that they are looking and saying, well, we might not be doing our jobs that well, but this shouldn't be the result. What, Imagine being you know, sauce. He stole an all-pro corner. Right. What's he got to be thinking? I have a feeling the defensive coaching staff will be, or the defensive players will be the ones that would turn first. It would be more than like I don't think Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson doesn't strike me as the guy that's blaming the coaching staff. He keeps saying he's got to play better. I imagine that's going to be true for a lot of the guys on offense because when the offense sucks, the stink is on them too. The players are out there not thinking, oh that. It's all the coaching staff. They're thinking we need to be better. And in a lot of cases, that's absolutely true. Some of them do need to be better. Some of them just might not be capable of it. But the defense is out there playing their asses off every single week. I mean, again, they got three takeaways, including a pick six this week, and they lost by three scores. At that point, 
you're not only looking at the offensive players, but you're looking at the offensive coaching staff and saying, why can't you be better? And if everyone else is getting held accountable and other players are being benched, why isn't the coaching staff being held accountable for the same thing? And we're going to get to that point very soon if we're not there already. I don't know what the, these these players think of Nathaniel Hackett. Thankfully, his saving grace is that he seems to be a wonderful and very well-liked person. So he at least has that going for him. This isn't an Adam Gase situation where I'm not saying Ace was a bad guy, but he definitely didn't connect with players the same way that Nathaniel Hackett does. I think that might be working in Hackett's favor, but at a certain point, friendships and personality goes out the window. And you just, if everyone else is getting benched and getting held accountable, they're going to start turning on the coaching staff for not getting held accountable. Do you like Hackett enough to give up your playoff bonus for him? Yeah. Imagine that. Imagine if you took your playoff bonus and gave it to him and said, here, you could have that. Because that's yeah. essentially what they're doing by sticking by us. I do want to end on a positive note, though, because Mr. Van Engelhoven has chimed back in saying, go Jets. I was rooting for them hard. I'm from Iowa. I love Brees Hall and Lazard and Dalvin oh, Cook man. is a Vikings fan, so I'm sad it's all gone this way. Well, we appreciate the love from the, the Iowa State fan over there. Uh, maybe things would have gone differently if we had hired Matt Campbell. Uh, way back when, which, yep. by the way, I know Matt Campbell is not exactly blowing the doors off right now at Iowa State, but, you know, who knows? Who know- and I'll, one last thing, too, uh, William Byrne, Tomlin fired Matt Canada in Pittsburgh. I mean, that was the other. Yeah, but Kenny Pickett wasn't holding them hostage. <laughs> well, I'm saying the, the two people, the two coordinators everybody complained about yeah. were Matt Canada and Nathaniel Hackett. I know everybody complains about their offensive coordinator, even when you're a good team. I've seen Lions fans complain about Ben Johnson. I get it. Those were the two big ones, and they got rid of one of them. If Kenny Pickett was, if Kenny Pickett was a Hall of Fame quarterback who was best friends with Matt Canada, Matt Canada would still be there. I got breaking news for you, and he was there for so long because he also, I'm pretty sure, was well liked by the players, or at least by by the coaching staff. I know Tomlin and, and Canada were pretty close, so he, he stayed way longer than he should have. But he's just like they're not being held hostage the same way the Jets are. And, and one last one, William Rocco. Where are all the Zach haters? Right here, baby. Right here. And I'm not even, I don't even classify myself as a Zach hater. I think a, a Zach hater is somebody who says that everything was on Zach. And a Zach truther is someone who says that nothing was on Zach. I feel like we're in the middle here. Like, I'm not a Zach hater, a Zach truther. I feel bad for the guy. He's not an NFL caliber quarterback. Obviously, I don't think his development has been particularly great. And he's out there with nobody's, like, just, just not an NFL caliber offense. But he he's not good. Like he's a very bad quarterback who should not be playing at the NFL level at this stage. Not that anything was going to change for the better, or at least not that most things were going to change for the better after he was benched. In fact, you could argue that Zach might have been able able might have been able to do even better than Tim Boyle in this game. He's more mobile. He could have extended some plays. Just you're day, talking lunacy now. I don't think I'm talking lunacy. They're no, both no, no, like the fact where you're like, maybe if he escaped from a sack and made one extra play, like no, well, maybe if that happens, they pick up one extra first down. Like nothing is changing wholesale in the game. Like I'm not saying they win this game with Zach Wilson the quarterback. They're, this is the same outcome if Zach Wilson's our quarterback. Maybe it's slightly like a little bit better than both of them if Trevor Simeon starts, but I don't think it's anything significantly better. I still think they lose the game. I don't think they have a quarterback on their roster that they can consistently win games or even semi-consistently put up a fight on offense because it's not just the quarterback, obviously. It's everything. And now we're repeating ourselves and we're saying the same thing. I, I hope everyone in this chat had a had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you enjoyed time with your family and friends and you didn't have to think about this stupid team. Because I, I know that <laughs> all I did all I got was I when I was, the, the way thing. it works in our place too is uh, we usually do Thanksgiving just with my aunt usually or sure. we, my aunt my mom will alternate so one will do Thanksgiving one will do Christmas and then we go over their cousins they have like you know cookies and cake and dessert and stuff like that 
So I go over there, and all I'm getting is, what's up with the Jets? What's up yep. with Hackett? What's up with Bubba? Same Bubba? thing, bro. Same thing. I, just, my, like, I don't know. I'm not Joe Douglas. Like, I, I see these family members, and I see for Thanksgiving once a year. Everyone knows what I do for a living. They know I'm a big Jets fan. They know I cover this team. As soon as I get there, they're like, man, I'm sorry about Aaron Rodgers. How about them Jets? And I'm like, fuck off, man. Like, just get, get out of my face. Leave me alone. Thankfully, a lot of them are Giants fans, so I'll be like, yo, how about Tommy DeVito? And I know he just threw for three touchdowns. But still, how about how about Tommy? How about that Daniel Jones contract? How about that? But yeah, that's that's where we're at, man. I'm tired. The thing I'm most tired of, the thing that I'm actually mad about, because I'm not even mad about the current situation. I've accepted it. I'm still mad that the Jets just continue to be a laughing stock. And that yeah. every week, every week, the, the announcers, whoever's calling Jets games, they got to be writing this shit down because they got material ready. They are ready at the jump. They, they're firing off jokes left and right because they know. They know how the game is going to go because they've seen other Jets games. I'm tired of that, man. I'm so done and tired with the Jets getting laughed at. And like, Rodgers was supposed to be the end of it. That's the funny part. It was, dude. Week one was so special when he came out with that American flag, dude. Like, take me back to that moment. That was one of the most, like, enjoyable moments of my entire Jets NFL watching fandom career, whatever you want to call it. And it's just back. We're back where we are, man. We're back. Where we are. We're, we're back talking about new embarrassing plays to add to the list that new that have fun nicknames. Like the I'm done. I'm so tired of hell. Mary. I'm t- I don't want that shit, man. I'm tired. Maybe they will get a new right tackle. That'll fix everything. When we talk about that for th- three months and we yeah, can let's, let's talk then- about that. Like, yeah, really quick, Leon saying, who do you guys want to want to top like one with a top five pick? Love the optimism that they're going to get top five pick already. Uh, offensive line makes the most sense. We'll definitely go more into detail with that probably much sooner than later at this point. Um, but offensive line, I don't think they draft the quarterback. Obviously, if everyone is fired, all bets are off. I don't know what they do at that point. But right now, I don't think they would draft the quarterback. I think they would draft an offensive lineman and just pray that he doesn't suffer an injury at the hands of the MetLife turf the first week of the season. Because another MetLife Turf claimed another one today. My dude, Jalen Phillips, who I know I, I talked about so much in the Wednesday show. I love that man. He is one of my favorite players, not on the Jets in the NFL. He had injury troubles all throughout college. I'm sick for him right now. I feel really bad. And God, that MetLife Turf is just agreed. The funny part is they replaced it. They replaced the turf. They did. they did, and it's worse, actually. And it's worse. Well, they're still replacing it again, right? Because they have to have natural grass for the World Cup. So when the World Cup comes in 2026, it will be different, I believe. I'm, I that may be fake news. I'm <laughs> I'm like 85% sure that's true, but don't like quote me on that. But I'm pretty sure for the World Cup in 2026, since they're playing games at MetLife, they need to have um they need to have grass, but whatever, man. I don't care. We're talking about the World Cup. So I think that's thank you guys <laughs> for tuning in to yet another eulogy delivered by Michael Chiano and Justin Free of the Jet Press Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast. Everybody, you get your podcast. We're on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. Both of them are at the Jet Press. Justin, oh, I don't, I don't like That's that look. Cool. It's a really funny quote. Uh, Tyler Conklin was asked if they feel they're getting closer offensively. And he said, what kind of question is that? I know, right? Well, that, you're setting the guy up. And that's what he said. He's, he, he responded back. Is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin doesn't deserve this shit, man. He's a good tight end. None of us deserve this, man. Maybe he Everyone does. He did. I don't know. Everyone <laughs> watching this chat, you guys don't deserve this, okay? You don't deserve this. You've been fans of this team for probably way too long. You don't deserve this, okay? Jets fans, we do not deserve this. 
Go enjoy. Unless the you're a Dolphins fan in here, in which case, bite it. <laughs> yeah, dude. That honestly, the shit with them uh, mocking Quinn Williams and doing a Quinn Williams sack dance, that actually pissed me off. Because like, whatever, like mock the Jets. They deserve to be mocked. What the hell did Quinn Williams ever do, man? Dude's the, one of the nicest guys in the league. He's falling out still. Mock Zach Wilson. Mock Robert Sala. Mock is, is it because you know what I think it is? It's because last year Michael Carter did the Jalen Waddle thing. Oh, you're totally right. You know what? Yeah, yeah now I'm less yeah. mad. The yeah, only game. Fair, fair. And fair. probably because Quinn and Truck Tyreek, and they were like playing that all over like airwaves and it was everywhere. All right, fine. I, I get why. it. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was hilarious. I get it. You're right. Michael Carter did unpromptedly do the uh, – and now Michael Carter's not even on the team, but did unpromptedly do the Jalen Waddle. Uh, Waddle, you're right. But anyway, man, if anyone here is still sticking around, and, and well, there are still some of you sticking around, I, I appreciate it, and we both appreciate you guys. Just enjoy the rest of your night. Don't think about this team. Enjoy watching actual football on Sunday because I know that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch what actual football looks like, what actual touchdowns that matter look like. We appreciate you guys as always. Anyway, we'll wrap this up. Thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. Follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download the Jet Press podcast wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, and live immediately following every single Jets game. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving. We are thankful for you. We're not so thankful for this team. But thank you all for listening to Jet Press podcast. I've been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We will see you guys on Wednesday. We'll see you on Wednesday and prepare for probably another one of these when they play the Falcons on Sunday. So.